0: Welcome to Hedge Fund Tips with Tom Hayes. I'm Tom Hayes and this is your 136th video cast, 126th podcast for the week ending May 26, 2022. A lot to get through in a short amount of time, so let's get right to it. Uh, First, we'll do the immediate spots real quick. Want to thank... Uh, Ali Thompson, Alicia Nieves, and Rebecca Mezistrano for having me on Cheddar on Monday. This was an amazing segment, 10 minutes long. Uh, everyone was bearish. The world was ending. We came out there with a strong bullish argument. You definitely want to go through that one. That's uh, well worth your time. Uh, thanks for having me on. We'll get into greater, greater detail with that. Want to thank Dalel Pektas and Philip Yin over at CGTN America. Uh, to have me on to talk about uh, Elon Musk and the latest iteration of his Twitter deal last night. Enjoyed that very much. Uh, Also want to thank Ellen Chang for having me on in her uh, article, which was uh, a bearish title, but my arguments were bullish. I was the only commentator in her article with uh, a lot of bullish talk in it and uh, Always Darkest Before Dawn. Also want to thank Anne Schraders over at Fortune, who really did an incredible job with the Melvin Capital article uh, from last week about the liquidations. You can click here to view it on Fortune. I also have a PDF copy here. You definitely uh, want to read this one. She did a great job. Uh, Thanks to Ann Schraders as well. Oh, uh, just FYI, Ellen Chang's article, thank you again, was at thestreet.com if you didn't pick up on that. don't know if we covered this last week or not i think it came out after we started recording but steve goldstein over at market watch for picking up my article thanks for that and then uh devik jane and anisha sirkar this morning i said these numbers are indicative that growth is slowing demand is slowing and maybe prices are even starting to slow and if all those three things are in place then the case for a dovish pivot from the Fed would build over summer months, said Tom Hayes. And I think that's why the market's up today. There's no question the PCE numbers were better, i.e. they came in lower than expected, the inflation numbers. Uh, So that's a really positive. uh, And uh, we'll talk about that more in the rest of this call. And finally, want to thank um, Michael Tech and Corey Hale over at public.com. It's like a fancier... Uh, robinhood.com app for trading uh, for having me on this morning this was a great interview about 10 minutes Uh, corey's got a lot of energy and we went through a lot of things very quickly so check it out when you can uh we uh we went into the apartment you know things are normalizing uh you know we've gotten rid of the communist reign in new york city and you can go places without a mask and without uh, showing your papers and all the crazy things uh so uh, our apartment by the way this is the empire state Building. Uh, which we've actually never gone to the top of even though we've (laughs) had an apartment there for, you know, ever. Uh, But you can see in the background, this is the 86th floor. This green here is Bryant Park. Uh, Our apartment is somewhere right there next to the Bryant Park Hotel. So uh, pretty exciting to uh, have a fun weekend in. And... uh, Uh, This was, I guess, I don't know if this was 86. I think the super top was the glass and then these uh, bars were like the 86. A lot of fun. And then uh, that was the carousel at Bryant Park. Uh, That was, uh, we brought her friend in from swimming. So we went to see Harry Potter, All Got Magic Wands. I caught up on my sleep. And then... Also wanna thank Akash Sriram over at Reuters for including me in this professional article on the ICON platform uh, and moving right along. So today, last time I checked, Alibaba's up 15%. Uh, They tried the very best. They spent a year, they worked 24 hours a day. They did everything they possibly could to destroy Jack Ma's creation, Alibaba. They just couldn't get the job done. Revenues were up 9% year on year. Uh, the cloud business grew 12%. Uh, they beat both on the top line and the bottom line. And if you listen to the call, which I strongly urge you to do, uh, that was the management sounded confident. They sounded optimistic. And by the way, the, the most important thing I heard they bought $2 billion of shares back in Q1. I thought that was a little light. Uh, but if you remember, the reauthorization was. Um, March 22nd, I believe, when they upped it from 15 to 25. I listened to the call while I was preparing for this. $3.4 billion of purchases since March 31st through, so April 1st through May 25th, $3.4 billion in new purchases. Oh, and by the way, they've got another $12 billion of the authorization left. And that's what I call... A management that gets it. They're your partner. They're buying in the hole next to you versus buying when the stock is trading at 40 times earnings uh, or 80 times sales or some ridiculous thing. They're deploying capital responsibly, thoughtfully, and confidently in the hole, knowing that the short-term volatility has nothing to do with the intrinsic value. And towards the end of the Q&A session, um, I don't know if this is the CEO or the CFO talking about 100 RMB, 300 uh, billion RMB, 500 billion RMB uh, uh, with regard to the cloud over the coming years as China digitizes and big data and AI will all be dependent on the Alibaba cloud, which, by the way, was EBITDA positive for the first time in history as a business unit. Um, last I checked the shares are not up 3% they're up 15% on the day and uh, we're off to the races so e-commerce and cloud demand drive solid Q4 beat and sons that one customer I told you their business basically got shut down uh, I guess they were in the tutoring or something uh, their cloud would have even been 15% year-on-year year. it's just uh, amazing to see uh, and to top it off Ali Cloud was profit not Ali Cloud, Ali Pay, which Alibaba owns a third of. If you remember, the government just absolutely tried to destroy that business of Jack Ma's. No matter how hard they tried for 12 months straight, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying every which way from Sunday to kill the business. It was still profitable in the shutdown. We still own a third of that. And sooner or later, that's going to get monetized because the government needs it for the um, digital yuan that they want to promote. So um, pretty exciting stuff uh alibaba sales beat erases fears of covid economic fallout again opinion follows trend all of the negative alibaba writers are hiding today or change their tune in a lickety split second uh i wonder how the uninvestable guy from jp morgan is doing uh this afternoon uh be interesting to see i think he flip-flopped actually last week we covered that but um Anyway, things are moving in the right direction. It's been an arduous path, but nonetheless, we knew what we owned and now it'll just be a question of time until it reverts back to intrinsic value. Shanghai port rebounds as lockdown loosens, but backlog remains. Uh, daily pork container throughput hits 95% of normal level, so things are coming back to normal. That's going to be more important than everything else. Which, by the way, they've done over five trillion dollars of stimulus. Wait until that starts to kick. I mean, you know, we may have an uh, we we may have had an inflation problem this year, which is now winding down a bit in the U.S., but th- they're going to have it next year. But we're not worried about that. Uh, first, they got to juice the stock market before they're. Uh, Uh, China National Congress. Here's the top line and the bottom line. Big beats there. 795 versus 716. 204 billion uh, versus 199 billion estimated. uh, Good stuff. Here's the press release. Uh, Alibaba delivered on the goal of serving 1 billion annual active customers in China. Oh, by the way, they added 177 million new users uh, in the last year. 28 million in the last quarter, uh, in spite of all the shutdowns, lockdowns, etc. Um, and uh, uh, d- 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 despite macro. Uh, Despite macro challenges that impacted supply chains and consumer sentiment, we continue to focus on consumer value proposition and building the capabilities to deliver value. We saw tangible progress across our businesses, especially in operational improvements in key strategic areas. Daniel Zhang, chairman and chief executive officer of Alibaba, looking ahead, we will continue to execute on our multi-game, multi-engine growth strategy by strengthening our digital infrastructure and focusing on quality growth to create long-term value for our customers, shareholders, and other stakeholders across our ecosystem. Uh, we delivered healthy results this quarter with revenue growth of 9% year-on-year. Total revenue for the fiscal year grew 19% year-over-year despite a challenging macro environment. Hint, hint, CCP. We continued investments in strategic initiatives uh, have generated promising growth momentum and improved operating efficiency. The way he talked about the Ali Cloud, the last minute of that, Uh, conference call, go to Alibaba, just Google Alibaba investor relations, pull up the presentation, fast forward, mind boggling what that business is going to be. And we've been talking about that since day one. So very exciting stuff. We'll go through some of the slides uh, in just a bit. Let me just see if there's anything I wanted to pull out of here. I think they're going to be in the slides as well. Okay, we covered the share buybacks already. Moving right along. Okay, here's the part of the presentation. Here are the active users globally. They added um, in China. They added 113 million year on year. In uh, international, they added 64 million for a total of 177 million. Uh, Quarter on quarter, they added 25 in China for externally, internationally, and 28 million total. So they did finally get over a billion in China. It's like nothing can hold this thing back. It has such a moat. They're getting more share. The bigger getting bigger. The smaller getting crushed. The unintended consequences. And you can go through uh, segment by segment uh, the revenue growth uh, group by group. There's the uh, cloud business. There's the china commerce business and the growth levels etc here are all the slides let's just see if there was anything i wanted to point out uh the cloud having positive ebitda for the first time in history um and that's the future of the company that we've spent so much time on over the recent history okay um Okay, we covered that. Moving right along. Uh, just to reemphasize, Baba not only re- repurchased $2 billion in the quarter, they've repurchased $3.4 billion, which happened after the quarter at the lows, which is exciting. That made you own more of the company at a lower cost, and they still have another $12 billion of uh, authorization. Nice to see management buying alongside their owners when the stock was down. They actually get it. Uh, there was a Blinken speech. Secretary Blinken uh on U.S.-China relations, Worth a Watch, has sent the right signals ar- around uh, tariff reductions. They're probably going to remove the Trump tariffs, um, which will which will be helpful to Alibaba. And they are going to, it lays the foundation to get the audit deal done. So this is from Marcel Munch, if you remember. He interviewed me for that uh, East-West Investment Opportunities podcast, which was such a viral hit. So check that out. Um, the cloud segment revenue from the cloud segment, uh, was 2.9 billion in the quarter and March 31st, an increase of 12% uh, versus the same quarter 2021 year over year revenue growth, which moderated during the co- quarter was primarily driven by strong growth. In telecommunications, financial services, and retail industries, this is just starting over there, the digitization. Uh, Listen to the Q&A part of that uh, call. This was partially offset by declining revenue in certain other industries, such as select internet verticals, including one online education and entertainment. So the education and gaming, the government shut a lot of them down last summer. Uh, So excluding the revenue generated from the top customer in that segment that was shut down, um... The cloud segment reg- revenue would have grown 15% year over year in the middle of a shutdown, in the middle of their version of Omicron, in the middle of the regulatory crackdown. They're still going wait till the shackles come off. These guys are going to just rip and they're going to come back with bigger share. So. Super excited to see. Those of you who have stuck through uh, thick and thin on this, we're going to be rewarded. It's just a question of time. And we never had any doubt either because the facts were always there for us to look at while other people dealt with emotion. uh, We dealt with facts. So uh, here's the granularity of the revenue. The percentage of revenue year-on-year change. Direct sales up 14%. China Commerce Wholesale up 30%. Total China Commerce up 8% international commerce, retail, 4%, uh, wholesale up 13%. And keep, uh, keep in mind, they have exposure to Russia and they were still able to pull these numbers off as well. Cloud up 12%. Um, and the parts that were down big uh, are like 0% of their total revenue. So they got out of that business uh, and 4% of their revenue, which was uh, down 1%. So the parts that don't matter were the ones that were down the parts that do matter were up even in the worst of all possible conceivable environments uh again another breakdown of the revenues as you can see i spent a little time on this one today uh with uh smile so wide i could eat a banana sideways so that's a good thing um these are the net ads again now total at 1.309 billion um Pretty exciting to see the the growth and the moat uh, purchases. Ah, Bill Miller, this was a tweet um, from an interview he was on, said if he was starting a portfolio fresh today, he'd own Amazon, Alibaba, Facebook, and Google. You can check that out uh, at my profile. Uh, Next was, this is margin debt. This was something I put out earlier this week to kind of point to Um, one more factor where I said the market was overdone this is getting ridiculous trading at 15 and a half times next year's earnings with a 275 10-year yield give me a break Uh, 10-year break evens inflation break evens on track for the biggest monthly drop since March 2020 Uh, the Fed is more concerned with longer term longer run expectations than they are with actual short-term inflation because they know half of that's going to not be sticky the other half will be sticky Uh, And the fact that breakevens are rolling over is very, very bullish because it lays the foundation for them to start that dovish pivot that Bostick started on Monday, literally two hours after I said he was not he after I said the Fed was going to do it on Cheddar. So you can go back to that interview and uh, check the timestamp on that. This is John Ehrlichman. He's a reporter on Bloomberg. And he always does these funny TikToks with incredible facts. <laughs> if you're on TikTok, follow follow us uh, at Official Hedge Fund Tips. Uh, we're flying due to Presley is just knocking it out of the park. He cuts up all these video casts, puts them on there. I think we've had like a million views over the last thirty days. It's going bonkers. Thirty thousand followers, up six thousand in the last few weeks. <clears throat> seven thousand in the last few weeks. I think it is close to seven thousand now. We're over. So, uh, so you know, that was a new project, and it's off to the races. But this guy, Ehrlichman, puts out tons of great stuff. And this one was when the NASDAQ sinks 30, 30%, what happens in the next six months? 2020 up 57%. 2000, it was flat. 1990, it was up 45%. 87, it was up 26%. 84, it was up 15%. And 1973, it was down 14%. So uh, just a fact, but he dances to it. He's a funny guy. Uh, And factual potential delisting and U.S. China relationship as discussed by John Tuttle, vice chairman and chief commercial officer of the New York Stock Exchange at Davos um, and the head of crane shares. That's that big K Web ETF on stage in Davos. They're basically saying not only do they expect. Chinese listings to stay the same at the NYSE. Six months from now, they expect them to go up and they're seeing a lot of companies showing interest, which tells me a deal's going to get done and we're going to be back off to the races because we're codependent. They need us. We need them, etc, etc. Except they forgot for a little while and uh, somehow they remembered when all the people got laid off. And we're pissed. So uh, my friend Tho put this out, a Warren Buffett quote, the best thing that happens to us is when a great company gets into temporary trouble. We want to buy them when they're on the operating table. Warren Buffett. <laughs> that's exactly what we've done. And everyone that listens to this podcast knows that's our knitting. Um, by the way, that auto parts supplier, we're well over 2% of the company right now. We're very excited about that. For those of you who've been listening, you got the hints last week, so you can look it up um, and go from there. Here's Carter Braxton Worth. Uh, he put out this chart. This is the NASDAQ to the S&P 500, and it's followed this long-term trend for 20 years. It keeps bouncing up against it. Uh, the relative performance goes back down. It normalizes and then tends to climb back up, and I think we're at that point. And I thought that was a great visual. NYSE sees more Chinese companies listing in the US and hurdles for stocks like Alibaba cleared in coming months. This is in Barron's. That, that couples what he was saying out in Davos. Very exciting stuff. Here was another thing Futures jump. This was from Monday. After Biden says Trump's China tariffs under consideration. So Baba's boxed as well. Not Baba, um, Biden's boxed as well because he has to get prices down if he wants to save any seats in the house in November. Uh, So he'll probably cut those tariffs, and that will be a great thing for the Alibabas of the world. Um, Okay. Next. Beijing mulls reducing hotel quarantine to one week for international travelers with 7 plus 7 policy. Uh, deliberation comes amid tightening social controls in Beijing as the city tries to balance economic growth with city's dynamic zero COVID-19 policy. That's from a few days ago. So they're just lightening things up. Biotech is in a category five storm, the same as energy in 2020. What were we buying in 2020? Banks and energy. What are we buying in 2022? Biotech. So this is a good article from Michael Brush over on MarketWatch. Take a look at that. China banks cut key rate by record to boost ailing economy. Five-year loan prime rate reduced to 4.45 from 4.6. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this stuff shows up materially on a lagged basis. And all that has to happen right now is a full reopening, which we're days, if not weeks, max from seeing happen. And then it's just going to start to fly. Things are going to start to fly. China tech led us into the uh, big correction Uh, With biotech, it's going to lead us out. You're already seeing that divergence start to happen in the last week and a half. Uh, Guess who's buying stock? Insider purchases have surged as share prices has plunged. So um, as as most people have been dumping stocks over the last few couple of months, who's been buying? Well, Warren Buffett's put $51 billion to work of his $150 cash, $150 billion cash hoard, or a third of his money. We've been buying. Those of you following us have been buying. Insiders have been buying. Who's been selling? Well, you know, uh, I'll leave it to you to fill in that blank. These are the 33 new measures China's taking to boost growth. State Council plan includes tax rebates for more industries. Stimulus aids to boost infrastructure. help supply change. Huge, huge push. It's, uh, I think they've quantified it now at $5 trillion. So this is big money. This is the kind of money that caused the monster rally in U.S. stocks. Uh, from 2020 to uh, early 2021, and we've since uh, gone back to early 2021 levels. But that initial thrush, uh, it, I think China's going to start to see. Uh, it's going to be like uh, back to the future, only in a different language. Uh, China faces growing pressure to iron out auto deal with the U.S. No kidding, that's going to happen. Is George Soros right about Xi Jinping's third term? He feels that it 's going to be tough for opponents to overcome the procedural hurdles that insulate china 's president, but his power can be dimmed. He basically thinks they're going to push china china uh, Xi Jinping out over time i don 't disagree I mean unless things turn really fast, his policies have been uh, suicide for the country, economic suicide, no question about it uh, and um, I, I I really You know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for the early part of his term and the growth, but the actions that he's taken over the last two years are going to take a lot to redeem, certainly between now and November. And I think those hundred families uh, that control the country uh, have had enough. Uh, So things better turn quickly or he's going to be finding, uh, you know, new level of employment. Uh, or maybe he'll be part of the unemployed that he created. But, um, you know, he's got a short leash now to turn things around. I think he's going to actually thread the needle because of the amount they've pumped in. All he has to do is take his foot off the brake uh, with the regulations and with the lockdowns, which which they're moving in that direction, uh, and um, and he'll get there. But um, really big big mistakes in the last 12 months big mistakes overdid it uh now no lying flat for these student activists in covid zero policy with their future prospects at risk of getting derailed some chinese youth are standing up so they're starting to get the uh, riots again and the uh dissatisfaction from the educated young uh and that's usually when you see a change of, of regime and so he either changes does an about face acknowledges the errors and changes or he remains steadfast, and he gets run over, uh, and they'll bring in someone who can bring growth, prosperity, and pride back to what was once a thriving economy and a thriving uh, 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 developing nation. Um, Nordstrom shares show, soar after it lifts its forecast. I said last week, you know, Target and uh, uh, Walmart may have just been a short-term mismanagement issue. Why did Home Depot do so well? Well, we're seeing, you know, Dollar General knock the knock the. Uh, cover off the ball Nordstrom knocked the cover of the ball what's the common denominator dollar trees for poor poor people Nordstrom's for rich people how could they both do well they managed it well they had the right inventory they planned ahead they you know took their head out of the sand they prepared and maybe there was a little luck involved but it goes to show the consumers there if you give them what they want now here's a signal uh, for investors from the deep pessimism of Bill Ackman and George Soros Massive respect for both of these billionaires who, uh, uh, you know, created unbelievable uh, businesses and and returns over time. Uh, But of late, every time you've seen uh, uh, dramatic emotionalism from either of these two, it's always marked a turning point in the markets. Yesterday was no different with Bill Ackman telling the Fed how to do his job and panicking about the market. Uh, Sure enough, we bottomed and that was probably the capitulation call we were looking for uh, to rebound and move higher. Um, and um, and that's that. Wall Street is buying treasuries again in the bet. Worst is over. We've been talking about this for you know, weeks that uh, bonds were going to get bid. Now we're actually seeing it. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Starbucks CEO, everyone panicking because Starbucks is struggling in China. Uh, uh, Howard Schultz, billionaire, of course. What does he do? He goes in and he buys $10 million of stock while everyone's selling it. Um, hint, hint, you might want to, you know, take take a page out of his playbook Intel's top executives bought the sliding stock that's good to see I mean Gensler's got enough money he can afford to buy a couple shares of stock at least he's doing the right thing on that front Uh, 10 cheapest stock in the S&P 500 include three home builders we've been talking about that Uh, I think we're probably getting close if not there uh, 250 billion in rebalancing inflows could rescue stocks by the end of June. We're going to have that pent-up rebalancing power coming in. That's going to help equities even more than a one or two-day pop that we've, we're, we're seeing here. Uh, coronavirus. Beijing cuts tax by 60 billion yuan. Uh, blah blah blah. More more stimulus. Uh, and then Peter Lynch. Everyone has the brain power to make money in stocks. Not everyone has the stomach. The stomach. The stomach. The stomach. As a matter of fact. I forgot to mention, um, about a month ago, we did a podcast about uh, two not well-known billionaires called the Chandler Brothers, Richard and Chris. And uh, one of our listeners sent the podcast to Chris and his CIO, who runs investments for the Legatum Group, Uh, And they do a tremendous amount of good work and philanthropy around the world uh, that we're going to get to hear about. Uh, They're going to be coming on the podcast um, in the middle of this summer. We'll have more details to follow to talk about uh, all the investments that they made that gave them that enabled them to compound $10 million starting stake to $5 billion. Uh, in 20 years, which is a higher, uh, significantly higher compound annual growth rate than Warren Buffett, than Carl Icahn, than George Soros, than Peter Lynch, than anyone in the business. It's the highest. Uh, all with their own money, their family's money it was, uh, but a relatively modest stake into a fortune. And then we're going to hear what they've been doing since. A lot of that is public. We went through a lot of those major investments. But the key common denominator is they were Uh, focused on very big companies that had fallen on very hard times and they bought them when no one wanted them, whether it was the banks in Japan in the early uh, um, 2000s when no one wanted them after the Nikkei was down 78%. Whether it was Gazprom in the late 90s after the Russian default, whether it was the uh, 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 telecom companies in Latin America in the early 90s when it was chaotic, but they were trading at such a discount to uh, hookup costs, etc., or whether it was uh, you know corrupt energy co- companies in South Korea that were just such good businesses in spite of the the short-term corruption, they still wound up pulling out multi-baggers out of them. The key is. And what we're gonna hear from them is that you know when you buy high quality big businesses that are temporarily on the operating table like Warren Buffett said, they have a big enough moat, eventually it gets worked out and we're seeing the exact same thing uh, with Alibaba and we're gonna see the same thing with biotech uh, and, um, and the name of the game is the stomach. So we couldn't be more excited about that. That's coming uh, in a number of weeks and we'll have more information uh, as that follows. But uh, their CE, their CIO, uh, Philip Vassalo, he uh, worked at Goldman Sachs and he also uh, ran, I believe, the Dubai Development Investment Authority or, or worked there at a high level. So uh, he's going to be able to give us a lot of insights and they're all partners. So they all have skin in the game. It's not just a hired hand. This is a serious partner who's, uh, you know, they, they've just done incredible investments over the years and we're going to learn a lot from them and I think apply uh, quite a few of the ideas to positions we already have and have already spoken about. So very excited for that. You guys have no idea who listens to this podcast videocast. Not only are there people on the Forbes 400 officially, there are people who should be on the Forbes 400, but all their assets are private and they like it that way. And there are people that are uh, very close to being on or well on their way and have achieved unbelievable things. So um, it's, it's, uh, we're just so grateful for the people that have... Uh, um, we've attracted uh, over time by just you know putting out the best that we have, refining over time, and we'll continue to do it. So pretty exciting stuff. China holds an unprecedented massive video conference on the economy yesterday. Um, uh, Xi Jinping's first trip outside of mainland China in over two years is set to be brief. That's to Hong Kong. Splunk beat earnings. So we've got a little trailer on that. Uh, This is Ant Financial did well. Again, Baba still owns uh, a third of that. China has 33 ways. (laughs) It's like Jay-Z, 99 problems. (laughs) But uh, XYZ ain't one. Well, uh, China's got 33 solutions. But uh, ending COVID-0 ain't one. Uh, Maybe they'll change that. All right, moving right along. Uh, Amazon stock is about to get more affordable. They're going to be doing a split. I think that's going to attract a lot of interest. I think uh, what, like we talked about last week, that 2100 level, people are going to look back years from now when it's at 7,000 and say, I had a chance to buy 2100, but everyone said it was the tech wreck all over again. It was going to be 2,000 and stocks were going to keep going down for three years. So I sold at 2100 when I should have bought. Um, Okay, Under Armour. There was a question. one of the questions of the week. Someone asked me about Under Armour. I said, "Eh, not for me." And then they just said, "Can you look at it again?" Uh, still not for me. I mean, look, they've got, they've got uh, Brady. I, look, I saw the founder on CNBC, and this is not the same guy who started the company. The same guy that started the company could move mountains. I mean, this guy was the greatest, most charismatic, most effective CEO uh, ever in the history of consumer goods. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. And the guy I saw on TV who's stepping back in because the CEO just left, uh, looked like he's had the life taken out of him. And uh, it was sad to see, and I know he's still got the skills in there somewhere, but it's cheap, it's cheap for a reason. It's probably gonna bounce, it's just not for me. So if you wanna double, on a dead cat bounce. I just don't see where it has a moat or what they're doing that's going to, like, you know, gain share from Nike uh, or Allbirds or, you know, any of these others. I mean, may- maybe it'll be Brady's final year. I I, I just, it's cheap. It's going to bounce. So if you want to play a trade, go for it. This is not a business that uh, I could own Sleep at night. And if it went 50 percent against me, be excited that was going to be up five X three years from now. It's just not it's not that high quality. It's just there's nothing special about it as it stands. Maybe I hope that guy comes back and proves me wrong and he's got a second wind in him. Um, I'd really love to see it because he was special in his heyday. Uh, But but let's let's see what happens. Uh, animal spirits are still here. These companies getting cheap. People are going to pounce. We saw it in biotech with uh, Biohaven and Pfizer last week. This week, we're seeing Broadcoms car- broad taking out VMware. This is a big deal, uh, $61 billion. It's not the sign of a nervous CEO. Uh, Shanghai's lockdown will end as scripted. City's com- Commissar says this is from today. As fewer than 50 COVID cases show symptoms for second day. So that's good news, and that's going to be the key that unlocks it. Sir, Sir John Templeton's growth fund averaged 15% annual returns over 38 years. These four principles, nothing like the Chandler brothers, by the way, the, uh, which was way more than double that. The, these four principles helped guide his career success, according to his great niece, Lauren. Okay, well, why is this not scrolling down? Um, all right, let's try one more time. If we don't get it, we'll move right on because it's probably four things that I've hammered home. Have a, uh, first is to have a wide pool of securities to choose from and be able to move capital, okay, best possible place. Ability to buy securities that he had bullish convictions about amid periods of dismal investor sentiment. That's what we cover every single week on this call is investor sentiment, and it's been about as bearish as it can get uh in the last week and that's why we were so holding strong especially on that monday cheddar definitely check that out because like pessimist as a matter of fact a good long-term friend of mine went on cheddar the next day when the market was down uh market was down three four hundred points and alicia said yesterday we had tom hayes from great hill capital on and um you know he laid out like 10 factors why he thinks sentiment is washed out and we could rally from here and he gets on and this is this is a good friend of mine and he goes you know i've known tom for many many years tom is a good man tom is wrong and uh well let's see i mean time will tell i i've got a tremendous amount of respect for this person uh and uh always always take his views very very seriously but uh we'll see how this one plays out um but i think we agree on more things than we don't i mean it's certainly within the realm of possibility we could trade in a range up to the new highs for some time i'm just saying at these levels for for the market to go much lower uh which which he thinks it will um you would have to have estimates taken down materially because at this point we're trading at 15 and a half times next year's earning with 275 on the 10 year either rates have to spike up to six percent or six and a half like they did in 2000 or estimates got to just collapse and neither of those things is happening and that's why i think this is the bottom end of the range top end is you know old highs 4800 do we make new highs uh in the next two years I don't know, maybe modestly, but I could definitely see us you know, vacillating around in the range. I just don't see us going a tremendous amount lower here. Um, this is, the, this is my, my friend got me on the list of uh, Mitsubishi Financial Group. He runs, bank, he runs banking over there and, uh, and uh, Golf Buddy actually. And, yeah, I told you guys, when you know what you own and the fundamentals uh, are what they are and the technicals make no sense and people are being emotional, take up golf. Well, that's exactly what I did. Uh, at, after four o'clock each day, you could find me at the golf course, either hitting balls or playing. By the way, for those of you who play golf, uh, they had a Mizuno demo day at our club. I never would even consider Mizuno, never hit a Mizuno in my life. Uh, by the way, my swing came back after 20 years. So I think, uh, I think there's some, some real hope here and I'm enjoying it. But um, uh, the, the Mizuno put out these new blades two two ones and even if you think you do, you can't hit blades or you don't hit blades these are somewhat forgiving there's no tech in them they're 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 Mizuno blades don't get me wrong uh the most beautiful things I've ever hit they're on order they just told me the pro told me six weeks I said I didn't know there were semiconductors in these things I thought it was a hunk of metal how why is it going to take six weeks I mean I'm going to be halfway through the season here But it is what it is. whole bag is now Mizuno. They've got these two new drivers. I mean, you know, the the irons you have to hit well. I'm a ball striker when I play. I mean, I've got a lot of work to go to get the score back. But um, uh, these drivers, you can literally miss hit with a blindfold and the thing's going to go 280 straight. It's unbelievable the new technology they have in these things. But um, uh, so anyway, here's the... um, uh here's the thing what you're going to see here we've been talking about you know energy peaked at 120 it's been hovering around 112. we don't know what the catalyst is going to be but we do know that the likelihood of it staying this elevated uh is is low i wouldn't be chasing up here and um and you can just see how all these things have been taken out to the woodshed and what's last winds up first and we're going to see that, that rotation as well again. But uh, really glad to be on that list. Uh, CBO boost U.S. GDP growth estimates says inflation has topped and will cool to 2% by 2024. Uh, wow, they're even more sanguine than I am. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. 2% might be a little ambitious, but uh, even 3, 3% would be the magic number. If we could get there in two years... Uh, that's good. It gets people acting today. When there's a little inflation, it's a good thing because you can't just sit back and say, oh, I'll buy it next year. I'll invest next year. Uh, I, I better do it this year because I don't want to pay more for labor next year. That, that's a, uh, or a little more for labor next year. That's that's a good situation. That's what get what, what gets things humming. China stimulus tops $5 trillion as COVID zero hits economy. I'm telling you guys and girls, this is going to be felt. They're opening the doors. Things are going to happen. Bayou even crushed it. Uh, that's good to see for K-Web, et cetera. Deflating inflation narrative, stock market and sentiment results. Uh, here's the article of the week. The last few, uh, there have been a few themes we've been pressing on in we- recent weeks, articles, podcasts and videocasts. Here are the five themes. Number one, bond shorts were crowded and it would reverse. Number two, inflation expectations would get better. Three, food and commodity prices would start to come down. We Remember, we went through all the commitments of traders reports. Four, the Fed would begin laying the groundwork for a dovish pivot. Five, the U.S. dollar would start to weaken. This will help earnings in queue in the second half of the year. All five are happening. Bonds reversed. They've been rallying for the last week and a half. Uh, if you go to Google Trends, put in inflation, interest in that term has rolled over. That's just a sentiment indicator. The most important thing about inflation well, one, the CPE numbers came in light today. That was good. But two, the five-year break-evens, we talked about the 10-year break-evens from that Bloomberg reporter. Five-year break-evens have gone from 360 down to 285, it looks like, in the last two months. Uh, They're collapsing, okay? And uh, that is huge because that gives the Fed runway... To maybe, you know, they're going to do the 50, but if we get a light CPI, that second 50 may not be a guarantee. No one's talking about that, by the way, or at the very least after the second 50, because it's already priced in, they move down to a pause or they move down to 25 BIPs and a lot less than everyone was anticipating, including the two-year Treasury, which got up to 271, which was crazy land. I think max you're going to see a peak 2% Fed funds rate in this cycle, if that. Um, and, uh, and, you know, two weeks ago when I was talking about that, people were like, you're nuts. Well, here we go. Cocoa, sooner or later, you know, things work out if you have the solid reasoning framework to, to come to your conclusions, then it's just time. Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing play out here. Here's cocoa collapsed last couple of months. Coffee's collapsing, lumber collapsed, copper collapsed. Live cattle collapsed, lean hogs collapsed, soybean meal collapsed. I mean, we were literally just doing this call up here. Go back to go on YouTube, pull up the last video cast, you're going to see all these charts us talking about the commitments of traders saying they're selling, they're selling, look how much they're selling, this is going to roll over. Anyway, four Bostic urges Fed to tighten policy with care, avoid recklessness. And here's the dovish pivot Fed rate hike pause in September may make sense bostic says nothing is off the table and guess what finally the dollar after all this commercial selling the dollar is now starting to roll over and weaken that's going to help second half earnings for the multinationals uh fed minutes today we saw key emphasis of the fed is to anchor long-term inflation expectations that's what they talked about in the fed minutes and they've done that monetary policy is 99 percent talk ben bernanke said in a speech this week their talk and jawboning about being serious on inflation has brought all these things down, which is going to enable them to do less than people thought they were were going to have to and make the pivot. As for the cheddar thing, we covered all the indicators that made us bullish. You wanna go through these from fundamental indicators to sentiment indicators, uh, to no sellers being left, and to following Warren Buffett. The Twitter saga, if you want more about this deal and why Musk doesn't have to pay $54 if he doesn't want to, definitely check this out. This was an entertaining talk. I think the deal gets done at 42 but we'll see. Uh, I've got no skin in the game on that, but I think that's where it's going. Uh, and finally, earnings are the name of the game. For all the pessimism out there, we discussed on the Cheddar segment with Alicia, the key factor we looked to, earnings estimates were actually revised up. For the last two consecutive weeks, unless and until this materially changes, we may remain constructive at these levels. Uh, bearishness. This was the highest. This was higher than the pandemic lows, uh, which got up to, I think, 52.50. Um, fear and greed. This is area that you want to buy down here and not sell historically, and equity exposure dropped to the lowest since the pandemic lows. I mean, these were the same things that I used to make the the, the low call that went in MarketWatch on March 19th, 2020. Same exact indicators, same, and then I had the analog of uh, uh, 1917, 1918, uh, that the Dow had only corrected 35% in that scenario. So, uh, so here we are, uh, biotech earnings, Carter just put these up in time for the call. In the last 60 days, so Biotechs collapsed in the uh, in anticipation of the tightening, uh, just like 19. Um, I'm sorry, 2015. I think we're going to see it bottom now that the first two hikes are in. Last time it rallied 140% over the next eight rate hikes uh, from 2016 to 2018 during the tightening cycle. So you've got a sector that's down, you know, probably as much as the Nasdaq uh, this year. 30. I guess would the Nasdaq go down 30%? And the earnings power of the stocks for this year was revised up by 66 basis points while the price dropped dramatically. Next year, we're revised down by 4.6%, but uh, these things are just too cheap, and that's why we own it, and that's why it's a big position, and that's why it's gonna work out. Uh, Basic materials revised up 11.57% in the last 60 days while the price is down. 2023 estimates are revised up 10.16. You can go through by company by company. And then finally, the economic data for this week. Um, wow, we got through a lot of stuff in a short period of time. Okay, um, the economic data this week, uh, manufacturing PI as expected, services came in. Light. What the, the key theme that you're seeing is that the Fed's jawboning did everything they, in, they intended to. They can't control supply, so what they tried to do was bring down demand with aggressive jawboning. That has been successful. The market's priced in a lot of hikes. They're going to get less than what they've priced in, which is going to be stimulative and bullish once the market figures that out. We're going to rip. Today might have been the beginning of that. Uh, yeah, the market's still strong and everything else is still cooking. So that, that's good to see. Um, continuing jobless claims started to stick up, tick up a little bit. That, that's good to see in a sense. They're bringing, bringing down demand in, in a way. Uh, initial jobless claims, though, weren't bad. And then uh, other than that, we'll see where the um, rig count is tomorrow. See how much of that supply is coming back on. But for now, uh, great day. What can I tell you guys? I mean, this has been a long time coming. I think it's the beginning of very good things to come. Uh, And with that said, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. In the meantime, make it a great one. Bye for now.